Think about the concept of rare. It's often synonymous with unique, valuable, precious. But what about in the context of disease? Rare diseases are defined as having an extremely low prevalence, yet an estimated 30 million Americans have one. That's one in 10 people. Listen as we uncover some of the inspiring stories of lives touched by rare disease and see how in the end, we all have rare in common. I'm your host, Andrew Stratton, and I have a rare disease. Since my diagnosis with partial lipodystrophy at age 37, I've become a voice for my community, first through the creation of the patient foundation, Lipodystrophy United, and now through public outreach and national awareness campaigns. I'm here with Luke Rosen, head of patient engagement at Ovid Therapeutics and founder of KIF1A.org. So, Luke, this is your very first Global Genes. This is my first Global Genes Summit. That was surprising to me because uh, in a very short span, Luke Rosen, he's around like, seems it just seems like you've always been part of our advocacy family, but it's only been almost two years, right? Yeah, yeah. So talk to us about that journey. How'd you get here? Well, I got here because I, I, I asked for help. And I asked for help because I had no idea. I was so lost. And what, how, like, what, what, how did you wake up? But I mean, what changed in your life where you, where you ended up lost? Well, so Susanna, my daughter, um, who is now four, uh, she, when she was two, we uh, got that answer that so many people are looking for, a diagnosis. And right. um, we had, uh, so we found out that she has a mutation in her KF1A gene, which is a molecular motor protein and, uh, you know, it affects, um, she has challenges. Uh, she has seizure disorder and movement disorder and some optic nerve atrophy and a constellation of challenges that, you know, I, I, um, it's hard to think that how is there a, a possibility to be that you're alone with all of these challenges because there's so many of them, right? right. So, so many challenges. Right. Are all of them that rare? And then I, you know, how do you, how do you, um, how do you find anybody else? You know, it's one of the things our, our doctor told us, is I said, well, you know, that moment where she sat us down and told us the implications of this, um, this disease. And it's followed by, you know, there's no treatment, there's no cure. And you think, well, God, there, there, there's got to be, what do you, you know, how do I, how is that possible? How, how do I answer that? Like, right. what, 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 do, what do you do? And, and, First, I cursed, right? And then it was, um, you know, you got to find 100 kids. Let's go find 100 people who have this disease, and we can learn a little bit about the disease, right? We'll be able and that's the physician's opinion or your? No. Like, I, well, you know, you was, just realized, like, okay, it's always an N of 100. So. Well, no, it was, you know, there's we don't know much about the disease, right? The magic number is kind of 100. Right. And I don't know where that came from, but but that's what. Statistics. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. And so I said, okay, well, well, that's something tangible we can kind of do. We can try to go find others. Yeah. And that's how, um, and it was our clinical social worker at Columbia who, um, who put us in touch with Global Genes. Oh, okay. Yeah. She said, um, there, there are two, um, two resources that you should immediately hook up with. And it was Mike Porath at the Mighty and Global Genes. Yes. Yeah. So, so I called Nicole. And you I went said, straight to the top. I went straight. I, was, I called Nicole 
and Nicole Boyce and I said, um, I, yeah, I just said, I need help. I've gotten really good at asking for help. And she uh, got on the phone with me and invited me down to um, uh, DC for one of the um, one of their events, and that was that was just and a that was of, the beginning. Yeah, that was a couple of months after Suze was diagnosed. And prior to this diagnosis, what what was your life like? What was your career? So I was an actor and a writer. Um, I was on, you know, I I, I was. Uh, I, I did TV and commercials and uh, theater. I just I was actually writing a play called Over the Moon with Trains, right? And and that was I'd been writing that for about a year. And we were in workshop, and it was it was um, you know, it was all cast, and we, we started doing it. And 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 right as I was finishing it up is when Sue's got diagnosed. There's a, there's a lot of Susanna in Over the Moon with Trains, and that was the last thing I wrote. And, so we just discovered. Uh, just last night, off you know, as we were chatting at this event, um, that our paths crossed right about that moment, yeah. and we didn't know. Uh, we were both at South by Southwest yeah. together. Yeah. So you were there. I I was there with Rare in Common, uh, the documentary, and we were presenting a, a panel discussion on Rare in Common. You were there for what? Amazing. I, so I, yeah, I was there at South by Southwest. Um, we were uh, we won an audience choice award for an independent film I made or I was in. You know what's impactful to me about about this moment for us and and because we're both advocates, we have different roles, but we we both are so affected and so involved. I mean, we both changed our lives, for, and now we're in it. Right, we're in this together. So you left that world, and now what do you do? Yeah, so I left that world, and we started a foundation. So first, we started kef1a.org. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was, you know, that came out of the need to right, find generate some support, some funds for research to get the basic yep. research going. We didn't know anything about the gene, didn't know anything about the function um, and, you know, how vital that protein is for brain function. We just didn't quite know why it was, you know, what was going on. So we needed to jumpstart that and we did. We started the foundation and we um, were still not quite at 100. Um, but, you know, that's... Well, you get the, there tricky thing about you know rare disease registries is they don't just grow right no things get uh, difficult and so yeah so we started the foundation and my wife and I Sally um, uh, you know we said okay we can let's let's we could probably do a year on um, you know one income and then we'll get back to work so we did that year got the foundation up and running and and got our research happening and connected with people and had this really rich you know all of a sudden, we had other other families like us who were going through the same thing, not just with KIF1A, but through these events. We were writing right. people, you know, you and I, I, I can, I'll go home and not see you for another couple of months, but, you know. It's when like, we see each other again, yeah. it's just going to be right back to family. Yeah, and I know if I ever needed anything, I just pick up the phone. And, Absolutely, you know, and, yeah. And, and I hope you know that too, but is, you know, we you, all of a sudden you have these rocks that are right next to you. And yeah. I think that, uh, you know, that was pretty incredible. So when did you decide to stop acting? So I, I had this little job in L.A. And it was, I was doing crazy things. Like uh, a lot of it was, um, you know, one day I would I would wake up super early, fly to L.A., get the work done, and then be on the red-eye home that night, you know, just because things were getting tricky at home with Suze. Yep. I didn't want to be gone, but I still had this, you know, I still had to work. Um and I had this feeling that I just shouldn't go, right? There was one trip. I had one small little job. It was, you know, and um, 
so I, you know, like I called my manager and I said, you know, I don't, I don't think I'm going to, going to make it out for this one. And, and I'm glad I didn't because that was a night that night, Susanna had a, a, a big spastic episode and we ended up in the emergency room. And I, I realized that, you know, gosh, if this is going to become our new normal, then if several times a week, my wife is having to be, you know, it's just Sally and waking up my son, going to the emergency room and, you know, um, it's, a uh, I want to be there for that. So you have even more. You dove into advocacy in a whole nother direction. So you've got the foundation. You're a parent, and and you you're leaving acting. So, but you got to make some money. So what are you doing? Well, uh, you know, uh, yeah, it it certainly wasn't um, an an employment decision to to change up everything. So I did go, you know, I did, uh, I, w- I went back to set. I was sh- shooting a commercial or something after the foundation started. And, and I just realized there's a, there's, you know, there's something I could be doing with more weight. There's a whole community that's, that's happening. We, we haven't even really started. I have to figure it out. And then I, I know that, you know, the next step is, and you hear it a lot here, right? And the next step is how do we partner with biotech? How <laughs> do we, how do we take it to the next level? Yep. What's after? Yep. You know, what's, what's, um, when are you integrate? Because you have to. You have to, right? I mean, that's the, if, if the whole goal of what we're doing is to come up with a therapeutic target, right? There's a strategy to, to figuring it out. Um, I went to this biotech called Ovid Therapeutics. You know, we um, work in rare neurological disorders, and so of course it was. You know, it was a space that I was already in, and you've now become a citizen scientist, as we call, or you're becoming an expert. We're learning all about yeah, as you're learning about yeah. the disease state, right? That's affecting your family. Yeah, and you know, one of the things I I, I didn't know, I, I went back to school, I learned a little bit about you know, caught up on my biology as much as I could. But one of the things that you know was foreign to me was um, was what is the next step. And then I realized that the industry is currently redefining the next step. Everything's different. Things are happening. So it was, I didn't feel like I was too far behind when I met the folks. And I met the folks in Ovid really because of geography, right? I lived in New York. There's one rare neurological, or at the time, biotech in New York, and it was Ovid. So it was a, a, a lunch that would have happened. I got the chance to sit down and meet um, both uh, Mitt Rakit, who's the uh, chief medical officer, and also Jeremy Levin, who's the CEO. And I just thought, man, these guys are really, you know, the leadership at Ovid. You know, they're, they're all doctors, right? right? So Jeremy's a doctor by training. And then, of course, Amit is. And at the time, the, the CFO, he was also an MD. And so there's something about the leadership at Ovid that has this inherent um, do no harm. Right. Right, because they're because they, we they could, come, come from. I that. mean, we couldn't ask for anything more, right? It's from yeah. medicine. Yeah, and um, you know, it's, a, it's what Jeremy says. He he talks about figuring out, you know, look, looking at it from the the human first, right, instead of the molecule. You're, yeah, you're looking at the human and and trying to, um, yeah, just trying to understand rare disorders of the brain, right. And so I'm listening to them talk to me about how they think that you know, how they believe and know and practice that having patients and families and caregivers and anybody who's who's intimately involved with the daily routine of the communities that they're relentlessly trying to, you know, hopefully come up with an impactful, you know, transformative um, 
potential medicine one day and, and how important it is to have that voice yeah in process from the very beginning and how that's we, well and that's what we talk about yeah. it's not always in practice and yeah. and here you have a team that i'm sure you said this is something i want to be a part of yeah i mean i, I thought i said well this is something that i want everybody to be part of yeah you know yeah. And, and i think that that's where the the synergy happened right is that yeah. the the folks at ovid didn't just say, hey, Luke, we want you to be part of this. They said, hey, Luke, we want you to um, you know, or, you know, help us figure out a way to get everybody, everybody to become part of this. And so- That's pretty incredible. Yeah, I'm very lucky to go to work every day with people who um, you know, wake up early and get to the office because of the you know, pictures of the families that are on the wall. So you have all of these different roles and mm -hmm. people talk about it as different hats. Um, how do you, like, when somebody says, hey, Luke, send me your bio, Yeah. what do you say? Um, what uh, do you send? Um, so my bio, you know, I have a bio of, I've been very lucky. I've gone to some wonderful schools. I've had some nice jobs. I've done some things that I'm very proud of. But the bio that, you know, sometimes I say, God, this is such full of shit when I sit there and I read these programs <laughs> and I'm like, you know, um, it's, it's how does the fact that I, you know, uh, spent... 10 years doing checkoff plays and shitty East Village theaters <laughs> apply to, you know, what I'm doing now. And, right. And I really, you know, my bio ends up being, I'm constantly learning from everybody in here. I'm terrified. Um, you know, there's a new normal that I'm having to adjust with and, and I'm so lucky to see other people either having already adjusted to it or adjusting to it or saying it's okay that you're not adjusted to it yet. Yeah. And... I'm so thankful to be here. And that's my bio is that, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm scared well, and thankful. And, and, and I know that, you know, there's, there's hope if we, you know, put our heads down and get to work and roll up our sleeves and, and ask the questions that really matter. And, you know, Wendy Chung, who I, you know, I talk about Wendy all the time because she's, um, uh, works so closely with our foundation. She's also my daughter's doctor and, and I, I know her and, and, um, she's such an innovator and, and it strikes me that innovation um, really these days is not about tech or not about, um, you know, heat mapping or algorithms. Innovation is about rolling up your sleeves, sitting down and talking to somebody, right? Because so many times that disconnects. Talking to somebody living with a disease, right? Or yeah. affected by the disease. Sitting or down and, yeah. Yeah. And she said to me, um, it's all about finding out, you know, what matters most to people what matters most to the families with rare disease and how far they're willing to go to get there. Yeah. And recently it occurred to me that, you know, I can apply that to, to industry, right? It, it matters. If you can answer the question, what matters most to Ovid or to whatever company you're, you're working with, right? What matters most to them and how far they're willing to go to get there for the patients who are asking that question every day, what matters most to the families and how far they're willing to go. If we can somehow figure out a way to line up those two answers and make them the same, everything is going to get more well, efficient. And you can. Yeah. It, it, there's going to be answers that aren't the same, but if we can find the same yeah. in some of those, then we can get there. Yeah, or just open the dialogue it and try to answer happen. it. Yeah. It can happen. Yeah. So speaking of questions, yep. uh, this morning's, uh, there was just a beautiful question, and, it, and there's so many things that happen at mm -hmm. a summit like this, where we see each other and we're so inspired. And every time I see someone else speak, I'm just like, I just learn 
more every year. I'll never, you know, I always keep coming back. So the three questions that came out this yeah. morning, I really, really love. Uh, what are you most proud of? I, it's a, so personally, it's a hard question. It's a hard question. I mean, no, it's it's a no brainer. It's an easy question. I'm most proud of my children. Right. Like that's the yeah. And then I, t- you know, and then, then that immediately relates to exactly yeah. That's what I that's yeah. when I wake up in the morning. That's what I am Your children. most proud of my kids. You know. What are you most hopeful for? That we can give my children and children like her a, a, a meaningful life because you know that's constantly in question is how meaningful are we going to be able to make Susanna's life and, and the life of, of kids with other um, challenges like hers? Because, yeah. you know, there's... It's not about quantity. It's about quality. Sometimes, all yeah, the time, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And what are you most afraid of? That we're not going to be able to give meaning to her life. I mean, she already has... She, her life already means so much, you know, but... When I say meaning, I mean um, the uh, there's so much inside of her that's just dying to come out. Yeah, you know, and and, and you she want to help her get it there, right? Want her to be able to have that independence, you know. And so what what I my, I'm hopeful that we'll be able to get there, and I'm terrified that we might not be able to get there. And you know, her her brother Nat, my seven year old, yeah, he's um the most remarkable guy in the entire world. Um, he's seven, going on fifty. You know, that guy's got a lot. Yeah, he's happened in his life. But he does. He's uh, yeah. But he's gonna be stronger for it, and he's gonna have a whole rare disease community to grow up with, right? Yeah, and I mean, it's it, it is that idea of so many different communities coming together, right? So yeah. I, I, you know, I, I am now looking back on it. I said earlier about my old career, right? Well, I, I, I certainly have parts of my work ethic from from that that apply to rare disease, and and right. one. I think about all the time, right? Is that um, somebody was somebody asked me a long time ago what the um, uh, relationship between an actor and a director should be, and the actor and the directors really, if both of them are doing their work and really being creative and really being diligent and understanding the words, then they come together to create something far greater than either thought was possible on their own. And so that result is something that is a phenomenon that's uh, that's hard to describe. And I think the same happens here in rare disease, right? Yep, absolutely. All of our communities are different. Our, you know, the mechanism of action of our, uh, of the, you know, the science is different. And, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, is these different people dealing with different things coming together at a place like at the summit or, yep. you know, coming together to create something far more powerful than any of us could do by ourselves. And keeping each other motivated and going. Because to do it alone, if not all of us were smart like you and ask for help. So, I mean, obviously people who are getting here realize to some degree they need help. But yeah. but to do it without this is, is far more difficult. Yeah. You know, that's such a good point because people always say, you know, it's so important to have somebody there to, to hug you and, 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 and give you a high five. And that's really important. Right. You know, but right. what's more important is to have someone kick you in the ass and, and say, it's let's, let's, no, do you're it not better. giving up. We yeah. have to do it. Yeah. So two years ago, our cross, our, our paths crossed and we didn't know each other and we we're in the same point of, of, you know, something remarkable for different reasons. Yeah. I think that, 
in at least two, I mean, before then, but two years from now, I'm pretty excited to see where this goes to. Yeah, me too. It's a good friendship. Thanks oh, so much yeah. for sitting here. Are you here. kidding me? This has been such a pleasure. I, I, this, you guys, uh, really you, you mean it. the world to me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Rare in Common podcast. Tune in for more at rareincommon.com. Listen to other episodes in the archives and sign up to find out when new episodes are released. Rare in Common podcast. Click, listen, feel, listen.